Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. You can stick it to the man and big tech. Join our FTL social mastodon at social.freetalklive.com. Welcome to Liberty Conspiracy on Free Talk Live. I'm Gardner Goldsmith, the creator of the Liberty Conspiracy. And you can watch and listen to Liberty Conspiracy every Monday through Friday starting at 6 p.m. Eastern U.S. time. We're on Rumble, on Rockfin, and on my Twitter slash X feed. And that is at Gard Goldsmith. That's G-A-R-D Goldsmith. You can also find my work at MRCTV.org and their channels, MRCTV on YouTube and Rumble. And, of course, I invite you to check out my Substack, the Gardner Goldsmith Substack. That's G-A-R-D-N-E-R Goldsmith. Every Sunday, you'll find the Sunday News Assembly, which almost always contains more than 20, but typically contains at least 20 stories pertaining to liberty, plus contextual information to help you carry out long-lasting lessons to defend liberty. Tonight, we've got a very packed program, so let's get right back to it, everyone. We've got a conversation coming up that deals with so-called natural asset companies. What is that? Well, perhaps the best way to frame it is, imagine a mafioso charging you or your company for being left alone and not getting punched or attacked. It's all bound up with the so-called climate change problem, which is non-existent. And of course, it's all bound up with the carbon credit trading idea that they have. Again, the mafia is telling you that they won't punch you if you conform to what they demand for your behavior. And then if you don't get punched, you can trade that wonderful credit for not getting punched to someone else who doesn't want to get punched as well. Oh, man. Check it out, everybody. Lots of great stuff. And I invite you to find me at Guard Goldsmith on Twitter slash X. Let's look at what's on tap tonight, everybody. Tonight, right at the start, we're starting with our mind melt. Some of you might know I spent some time in the script department of Star Trek Voyager, and I still have some of the vestiges of that old Star Trekky mindset in my mind. So, yes, we're going to turn to the Star Trek mind melt tonight with our opening guest, Courtney Turner. If you got to see her on earlier today with Harrison on InfoWars, she was phenomenal. Of course, we'll show you her website and how you can find her on Twitter slash X. Ah, yes, you can find out all about her and the amazing work that she and others who were turned on about this particular topic have done recently. And it's very important for those of us who believe in private property and pushing back against a multi-generational, multi-centuries agenda to destroy individual liberty. And we'll talk more about that, about the SEC and natural asset companies. Those of you who know my work at MRC TV know that 
Back in the fall of 2022, I wrote about how the Federal Reserve had approached the major banks to get them to come up with certain ESG standards and their cost of carbon standards. That was only one facet of a much larger agenda at foot. We'll discuss that. We'll also talk about the importance of private property. And then later in the program, we'll go into our news flash. In fact, all of the other subjects on the show tonight are going to be part of our news flash, one, two, and three. It's the journalistic jokers edition of the news flash. We'll start with EVs and wind. And how, as the psychedelic furs would say, we love you with incredible sarcasm. Then we'll talk about the border, liars, and more. You might have seen my new video for MRC TV came out today. It didn't have all of the argument that I often put together about how the issue, if you are a constitutionalist, I'm a voluntarist, anarchist, libertarian, but I do you know, try to address their points about their constitution and try to keep them honest about their constitution. Again, it is not a federal purview. It's a state purview. The word immigration is not in the federal constitution. So uh, some of that was excised from that video today. But we talk about the Supreme Court battle between Joe Biden and the government of Texas. That'll be later in the program. And we'll talk about so-called journalists and the lying feds. So much to discuss tonight, everybody. I'm so glad that you're here. Remember, you can comment on Rockfin, you can comment on Rumble, and you can also comment on Twitter slash X. And I want to welcome Tom Cooper, Karen Carpenter, and so many other good people in Rockfin, as well as Murtech, Birdhouse Blues, and Risha M inside Rumble. Recruit friends and family and let's get rolling, everybody. You know what it's time for? No, not the news flash. It's time for the Star Trek mind meld. I must try to mind meld with it. Demos. Of course, it is the mind meld, as you can see, with our guest, Courtney Turner. And we need a theme for this one and all. So let's get right to that theme. It comes to us via our friends, Black Flag. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I need some more. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Go ask what for. One, two, three, four. All right, a little Henry Rollins to help us out, of course, coming in after Keith Morris, taking over Black Flag, and now we get the opportunity to join our guest. She is Courtney Turner, talking about some success, everybody. We've got some breaking news. If you got to see it on her Twitter feed, let me give you a quick show of this. This is awesome. This is the most recent retweet that I've gotten out. Courtney says, here's the SEC page regarding withdrawal. Withdrawal of what? 
Let's get some details from her right now. Congratulations, Courtney, and welcome to the show. And it's great to meet you in a manner of speaking. Thank you for being so awesome to me uh, in approaching you. And thanks for joining the show, Courtney Turner. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's uh, not often when we uh, talk about these sort of things that we get to celebrate a little victory. Uh, And I say little because I still think we need to be very vigilant. You know, I think they just rebrand, they'll rename and pivot. I I don't think they plan to slow down at all. Um, But I think this is a huge win in the regards that it really shows that we do have some power to derail their plan, at least to slow them down. And I I think that, you know, a lot of people, especially people, uh, you know, in the the milieu we're in, the the truth or freedom, you know, whatever you want to call it. But the people in that space, I I, I know a lot of them get to be a little bit black-pilled, apathetic, you know. Uh, It's kind of like, oh, yeah, well, they've been doing this for decades, and, you know, there's no hope, it's all over. But this proves that that's not true. Like, we can derail their plans, and we must. That that is what we must do. So, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. And, of course, I I got a little taste of this. You heard me mention this piece that I wrote a while back in the fall Mm -hmm. for MRC TV. And so, you know, we've been following this sort of stuff. I think um, uh, those people who have read, uh, I'll just grab the book over here. Um, Some people got their first sample. This, my mom was actually clued into this stuff, you know, Agenda 21 and stuff like that before Mm -hmm. she passed away. But uh, I think a lot of people read Rosie Curie's book about the Green Agenda. Right. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. And uh, and she was clued into it. You know, many of the bullet points that she covered and or uncovered mm-hmm. uh, were part of a very large plan. But this is something that goes back. We're talking goes back generations, really yeah. going back generations into yeah. involving the banking system, the growth of certain ideologies and all sorts of things, including <laughs> the mindset of cultural Marxism that mm-hmm. always tries to create a new underdog for which people of compassion or people who might be worried about the future of the planet will attach themselves or to which they'll attach themselves. And of yeah. course, the only answer in the, in the classic dialectic is, well, you've got to go with government. They're the ones who will represent the goodness and the Roussonian idea. Uh, so, Courtney, why don't we show uh, your, uh, your Twitter feed just sure. real quick here. It's at Courtney Turner. That's C-O-U-R-T-E-N-A-Y. Turner, T-U-R-N-E-R, Courtney Turner, and she wrote at 314 this afternoon, and it was so awesome to see this, huge win. SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, withdrew the NAC application. Now, for those people who maybe they saw a retweet of this or something like that, they might have said to themselves, oh, all these anagrams, I don't even know what, uh, you know, stuff flies by people so much. Yeah. So the NAC application is obviously something you've been discussing and you even mentioned with so many hosts. Harrison this morning over the weekend, you were on with Richard and Tony on Grand Theft World. And then I saw you earlier with David Knight. And now you're on with me. And I'm just like, and Chris Graves and I were texting. He goes, oh, I had her on like a month ago or whatever. She's awesome. It's so great. Oh, it's, it's phenomenal. So we're, we're, we're catching up on a lot of things here. And I'm, I'm running through this very quickly because this is a very big breaking thing. So why don't I step back and pause a little bit? And if I might, I'll give people a little visual, Courtney, um, because I was able to call this up and talk about it on my show after I heard you with David Knight and uh, started to do some research. And I said, oh, man, you know, this ties 
this clearly this ties into the whole idea of so-called carbon capture, carbon mm-hmm. credits, RGGI, all those things, carbon taxes, the um, the Federal Reserve move last year, September of 2022, I should say, to get these banks to connect, to come up with their cost of carbon and all this other nonsense. The, the World Economic Forum going on in Davos, all these things they've been pushing, the entire green agenda. Um, and green is actually quite an interesting term because that itself has deep roots uh, going back into uh, mythology and things like that. But to look at the breaking stories, let me show folks uh, what this looks like here. We'll show ourselves again because we're so awesome. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll put ourselves on the screen with this. Uh, go over here. Yeah. So here's real clear markets. This is just one of a few pieces that are out there. Beware the SEC's creation of natural asset companies. This is a sort of synthetic, just like cost of so-called carbon, when they mean carbon dioxide. There have been, there have been no tortious claims by people saying, well, you know, uh, based on British common law, your use of that uh, internal combustion engine just took eight years off of my life. So I'm bringing you to court. They can't prove anything, right? And they keep creating these systems whereby they're going to have a cost, they're going to have a tax, they estimate what it is, and it's all made up out of thin air. And this is the way, yeah. And uh, it seems to me that this almost is coinciding with a lot of the ESG corporations going down the tubes and needing assets. So tell us a little bit about the natural asset companies and then the course of what we, where we got to today. Yeah. Oh, wow. You, you, uh, that was such an opening. You unpacked so much there. Um, that there were so many things I wanted to interject with. Uh, but one thing I will say, you had talked about the, the compassion. And this is something that I, I talk about a lot. I've done several speeches on something I call the compassion trap. And I think they use, they weaponize compassion to create false dialectics. Um, and that this is, you also talked about the, uh, you know, like the, the, the groups, the group's identity. And this is, of course, an infiltration, uh, and, uh, a, a kind of, uh, codification through the Frankfurt School, uh, yes. where they, right? And this was a huge part of their strategy for F Haven to culture, which for those who don't know the translation, essentially cancel culture. I don't think that needs any explanation these days. Most people are pretty versed with that, you know, no matter what side of the aisle they are, they're on. That, that seems to be, uh, most of us are pretty aware with the, the cancel culture. But F Haven itself is a German term and it's a, it's an interesting kind of oxymoronic word because it means to lift up and preserve while simultaneously Simultaneously, uh, canceling and tearing down, which is, of course, where you get the Afhaven to culture. But really, it, it's about sublation. So this is part of like the, you know, the visual would be like the Ouroboros. It's the snake that eats its tail. Um, and this is really the integral part of the Hegelian dialectic. So, you know, dialectics have a very long history uh, and they have many connotations, even within the realm of philosophical schools of thought. But the Hegelian dialectic, the middle term was negation, negative. And, right. uh, you know, it was in German, it was a haven and it would be translated to sublation. So uh, that's just a little bit of a tangent, but I think it's very relevant because, uh, as I said, we have to stay vigilant and they, they tend to work uh, both sides constantly. And you were talking about this uh the, the compassion that they weaponize and they very much did this with this whole green energy, this green, uh, earth, uh, agenda. And of course, one of the, you know, early days of this, although I think it, you know, has a, 
predecessors uh, before this, but is, of course, the Limits to Growth document, the Limits of Growth uh, from the Club of Rome. Club of Rome, right. Club of Rome, right. right. And this was 1992. And if you, uh, sorry, 1972, but if you read their later document in 1992, their Global Reformation document, they admit that it was pure propaganda. Uh, You know, they don't necessarily use the word propaganda, but they pretty much, I'm paraphrasing, but they pretty much explain that they had to create a common enemy because nobody was going to buy into this junk science. It was nonsense. Um, but they needed to get create a common enemy for people to rally behind in order to get on board with this narrative that they had created. And they decided that the enemy of humanity was man. That is why you are the carbon they want to reduce. Um, so that is essentially, you know, kind of the, the groundwork that was laid to bring us to where we are today with these natural asset companies. And yeah, when you were saying there's so many anachronisms, uh, I had actually a good friend who reached out to me and said, Courtney, I don't understand any of this. It was like one anachronism after the next. And I, what's going on? This is all very confusing. And, uh, <laughs> I said, okay, I didn't do a very good job explaining then. I apologize. Uh, but yes, they love their anachronisms. You look at the mil- military industrial complex. And it's all anachronisms. And right. uh, yeah, that's that's how they and I think it's because, you know, as you were saying, green has a symbolism and occult uh, reference. And I think that's what a lot of the anachronisms are about. It is a signaling to the initiates. There usually is a lot of double meaning. They'll tell you just a really funny little tangent. Uh, when I was and I'm going to sound like an idiot, but, you know, this isn't my field. So when I was doing this research, I. A lot of times when you see gap, you know, it's, it's spelled out, generally accepted accounting principles. It's not written as gap. And whenever it was applying to these NACs, uh, some people call it NAC, some people call it NACs, but when it applied to this, it was only references gap. And so I looked it up. And it's okay. Well, what is gap? And uh, I'm guessing it's a financial term based on the context. But when I referenced it, you know, you can highlight something and it'll just pop up what it is. So immediately the Wikipedia for gap comes up and it was a demon. (laughs) So apparently a gap is like a medical demon that, uh, it helps, uh, women to find their lovers, but then it renders them infertile. And here, I'm going to sound totally crazy, but I'm going to just share with you what went through my head. I was like, well, that's kind of what they're doing to the land. Because, right, under the guise of conservation, quote unquote, right? So they're, it's beautiful, it's appealing, it's attractive, it's, uh, you know, it's fruitful into because they're creating this false, it's a total voodoo economic system, accounting system. Uh, We'll get to that in a minute. But it's infertile. You can't, they, they, they literally, knacks are all about, non-productivity you cannot produce on this land so i know that's a stretch and i don't know that that's what they were thinking but i just thought it was funny so i'm just throwing that out there it was kind of a funny thing that came up for me and when i thought about it i'm like well that is kind of what they're doing so i don't know (laughs) no that is that is remarkable and you know it's interesting and i'll I'll refer to this a little bit later in our conversation (laughs) courtney Uh, our guest is courtney turner folks and uh we're talking about natural asset companies which were on the we they it wasn't even the horizon the horizon was rapidly approaching uh yes the the vanishing point was not not vanishing and uh they were going to be allowed by the security and exchange securities and exchange commission 
which shouldn't even exist constitutionally. It's a complete warping of the interstate commerce clause. And yeah. James Madison tried to warn people about that. He did. It's not supposed to be preemptory interference in state uh, over the border commerce. It's supposed to be if states have disputes with each other because states are imposing tariffs. But of course, you know, they'll gain any foothold. The camels are always trying to get their nose under the tent, and they've done so. The tent doesn't even exist anymore. Um, but, uh, Courtney, it's fascinating you should bring that up uh, because many years ago, uh, first I'll say I think you're absolutely right. The Hegelian dialectic, it's a spin of the dialectic, the ancient mm-hmm. you know, Greek dialectic, of course. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's the non-choice of, mm-hmm. well, we will present what the, what the options are for you. And mm-hmm. it's, it's actually not, a, it's, it's a false dichotomy that they present to people. But in addition to that, as you, as you so astutely point out, it's the tearing down of the old to create the new, which is presented as something of options, but both of them are directed. And then eventually the complete elimination of the old and the property thing is key. But one of the other things I'll bring up is in one of your conversations, an absolutely terrific conversation that is posted on your website, one of the most recent video conversations you had, uh, you talked a little bit about Thomas Sowell economics and mm-hmm. how much you admire Thomas Sowell and mm-hmm. um, among you know many people who have probably <laughs> yeah. given you great insights. Sure. Uh, but. Absolutely. One of the things I I find so interesting is, you know, when I'm uh, teaching kids economics and things like that, I say, you know, we talk about what is wealth, what Mm -hmm. are resources. And I say resources, resources only are recognized as such by people. And there's tons of, uh, you know, there are tons of examples in history when things like oil was just Mm -hmm. a mineral sludge. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a lubricant until human mind resources were applied. Exactly. And that's where somebody like Julian Simon comes in or even Warren Brooks in his his book called The Economy of Mind. But especially Julian Simon, when we talk about these neo-Luddites and Mm -hmm. the Malthusians versus an an economist like Julian Simon, who said, no, the ultimate resource is the human mind. And that's exactly what they want to shut down. That is that is precisely it. They need to control the human mind and human communication and human free will and freedom of association. Because with all of those things, the human freedom, the human will can then make things better. And mm-hmm. they want control of these things. So yeah. let's describe a little bit about what the NAC thing would have been. If you want to discuss yeah. you know, some of its nascent origins or just want to hit what was coming immediately and go backwards. Thanks for listening, freedom lovers, to Liberty Conspiracy on Free Talk Live. Please spread the word about our show. And remember, you can watch us every Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Rumble, on Rockfin, and my Twitter slash X feed. And that is at Guard Goldsmith. Thanks for believing in the principles of freedom. Do the left.
letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from wallofire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Wallofire.com. USA News Update. The House passed legislation extending government funding into March, a step that ensures federal workers will remain on the job but does nothing, but does nothing about high debt levels, crossings at the southern border, and the war in Ukraine. Concerns about a wider conflict growing as the war between Israel and Hamas continues. Pakistan now has carried out strikes in Iran. More snow in store for more than 100 million Americans this weekend. Back-to-back storms spreading at least three inches of snow across some 18 states. The amount of U.S. Capitol Police threat assessment cases are up, heading into an election year. Last year, over 8,000 cases, but that number is likely to go up. Ford is cutting production of the F-150 Lightning electric pickup after weaker-than-expected sales. Corey Myers, USA News. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control. And priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping. Because when you talk... They hear you. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, veterinarian and naturopathic physician. The Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy with an important message. Take charge of your health. Do not continue to blindly follow the system that has failed us all. I appreciate GCN listeners because you're open-minded and intelligent. If our system is so great, why is it that the United States, the USA, ranks nearly 60th worldwide longevity and number one in obesity? All the while, we spend more money than all the other countries combined annually on unnecessary health care procedures and toxic drugs. It doesn't take much to get on track, not with the government 
government or pharmaceutical companies, but rather you in control of your own health with a basic understanding of nutrition and supplementation. FDI Longevity has the finest quality health, sports, and energy supplements available. GCN listeners are invited to join our team of people who want to stay healthy well into old age. We are currently looking for specialists to represent FDI Longevity and save America. To buy products at wholesale prices or join our business team, go to GCNteam.com. That's GCNteam.com. Support GCN. Get healthy. Appreciate what we do? Help us advertise, market, and promote for just $5 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Continue on Liberty Conspiracy on Free Talk Live with our conversation with Courtney Turner talking about NACs, natural asset companies, and how they basically represent massive government fascist setups to charge people for the government not going after people and pretend that that is somehow an asset that can be traded. So let's describe a little bit about what the NAC thing would have been. If you want to discuss, yeah. you know, some of its nascent origins or just want to hit what was coming immediately and go backwards, whatever you want to do. Yeah, for well, let, let me start with what it is and then we'll work our way backwards uh, to right. go to nascent origins. So essentially, NAC, NAC stands for Natural Asset Company. And so what happened is there is this, uh, it's called the it's again another acronym. It's a IEG, which stands for Intrinsic Exchange Group. They had uh, partnered up with the New York Stock Exchange. So this is a total double dipping on behalf of the New York Stock Exchange. They thought that they were going to be really slick and, uh, you know, they would uh, double dip here. Uh, so they partnered up with the Intrinsic Exchange Group in order to propose to to ask the, to request the SEC propose a rule to allow natural asset companies to be listed on the New York Stock Exchange, publicly traded on the New York Stock Exchange. Now, Intrinsic Exchange Group is backed by partners like IBD, IBD Lab, Avadir Ventures. Avadir Ventures is a venture capital firm. Uh, they tend to specialize a lot in healthcare technology. I don't think that's a coincidence. I, I, I think a lot of the, uh, you know, biodigital convergence is very relevant to this big land grab. They do want to create an AI world society. We can get into that, but the UN 100 has already been, uh, you know, making their plans, building their, their blueprint for the AI world society, which they, uh, wanted to be the centennial of the UN, which is in 2045. And they, they already had a symposium on rebuilding Ukraine. So they talk about how the Ukraine is decimated by the war. We need to fund them and we need to help rebuild them so they can be the hub of this AI world society that will be connected to all these smart cities around the world. Uh, and that those will be the 15 minute cities, obviously, or the C40 city. And, uh, so this, uh, it was Abadir Ventures and then entertaining ideas, which unfortunately I could find nothing about. So I have no idea who they are, but the name was kind of intriguing. And then some of their, uh, sub partners were people like the, uh, World Wildlife Organization, which was the brainchild of Julian Huxley, who's famous for 1957 coining the term transhumanism. He was also one of the forerunners of UNESCO. And, uh, when uh, they started UNESCO, he had one of his famous Malthusian quotes about our limited resources 
resources and how we need to limit the population since our uh, resources are so limited, which is very relevant to what's going on here. So they want to put essentially a value natural on cap, cap, like commodify, sorry. So they call it like natural capital. They want to commodify natural assets. That's things like land, water, the air we breathe, photosynthesis is included in this. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Minerals. uh, So oil, mineral extraction is not going to be permitted in the name of conservation. Uh, So this was pretty terrifying. It was part of what they call the 30 by 30 agenda, which is where they want only 30% of the earth to be inhabited and used by humans, which of course is only a stepping stone to get to what is really the half earth agenda. Half earth was a book that was written by EO Wilson, who's a biologist. And it is exactly what you would imagine. It is just the extension where now only half of the earth can be inhabited by humans, And really they're not going to stop there. This is just, you know, plans. Uh, but they wanted the 30 by 30 agenda to be uh, achieved by 2030. And the Biden administration was very instrumental. I do feel that they, uh, and I can only, you know, conjecture based on the data points, but it looks like they were kind of waiting and grooming the Biden administration to really take helm of this. So yeah. when I talk about these voodoo accounting system, they had created a new accounting system because the GAF generally accepted accounting principles did not apply to natural assets, of course, because you can't commodify the air we breathe, exactly. uh, at least, you know, without coming up with some sort of really, you know, cuckoo voodoo accounting, um, so, which is, I don't know how else to say it, you know, I mean, that's essentially what they did. Um, but so, because typically when you have something that is a commodity, it has value. It's a product. It's something tangible right. where you can see uh, the productive use of it. This is the opposite. They want to reduce any productivity, any productive use in the name of quote unquote conservation. And so they created an accounting system back in 2012. It was called the SEEA account, ecosystem accounting, which stands for, of course, all of the acronym that stands for systems of uh, environmental economic. Yeah. It, sorry. Yeah. Environmental economic accounting, ecosystem accounting. That's what it stood for. And back in 2012, 90 countries had already signed on. So most, I, I don't know the, this, you know, the exact number of countries, but pretty much much of the world has already taken on next. They already have this in a large portion of the world, but they kept saying when I was doing the research, all these articles would say, but the United States hasn't signed on yet. But in 2023, January, uh, the Biden administration did create their own uh, version of essentially the UN's accounting accounting system, and they call it the National Strategy to Develop Statistics for Environmental Economic Decision, a U.S. system of natural capital accounting and associated environmental economic statistics. This was done by the Office of Science and Technology Policy, Office of Management and Budget, Department of Commerce, and this was in January 2023. They also did a bill uh, to put nature on the balance sheet, so they want to leverage our land and put them into natural asset companies to uh, leverage the debt. Uh, they also uh, started something, and it, I can't remember the initial name, but it was something like the 30 by 30, and that wasn't very popular. Uh, it was, I don't know what their name for it was, that's essentially what it was. It was this 30 by 30 agenda, but they right. had done a bill 
and uh, it didn't go over well. So they renamed it America the Beautiful which sounds much nicer. Uh, they are masters of language and uh, deception. <laughs> and yeah. uh, they, so they call it in America, the beautiful. And it's part of uh, Biden's 15 year green economy agenda. And this is really just about the 30 by 30. And of course, just just stepping stone to the half earth. And, they, and as I said, I don't see them stopping there. <laughs> so, well, yeah. yeah, sorry, that was a lot. <laughs> um, no, but it's, it's so important because at every one of these stages, either they're directly putting forward language and proposals through statutes or new yeah. bureaus or signals that they want the bureaus to do something with the new terminology. Yeah. Or they're relying on things that they've already set up in the past. And so I think linguistically and uh, and policy-wise, there are two yeah. things I'd, I'd just like to bring up briefly, Courtney, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is, yeah, you know, uh, if, uh, if people, and I've discussed this before, when we talk about that something has value, uh, mm-hmm. we have to leave that up to individuals. When sure. politicians tell us something that has uh, something has value, uh, we don't know because it hasn't been tested in the marketplace. Right. When the government does something, we can't say that it's valuable because the people who are forced to pay for it are the taxpayers, and they're forced. They're not voluntarily deciding, I value this thing to X amount and putting a price point on it and allowing that to signal other people about the value of those resources or energies or whatever. Uh, And then we've got this. So the politicians create these things and they've already established for decades now, going back to the Antiquities Act and even earlier than that, actually, the idea that the federal government can just seize land, private property or buy things when under their constitution, only three types of land are allowable. A 10 square mile area for the Capitol, which is Washington, D.C. And what a wonderful place that is. (laughs) Uh, Then territories. And when territories become states, they're supposed to enter with all the so-called rights and privileges. What a mess of language that is uh, of any other other state. They're not required to cede land. And even if they could cede land, there's no power, so-called power or authority, which the Constitution has no authority over me. I didn't sign it. Uh, But according to them, the authority of the Constitution, it doesn't allow that. And then then you've got military garrisons, which is one of their dumb excuses for building the interstate highway system, which was also patently unconstitutional. You can't have a military garrison that's hundreds of miles long. You know, it's utterly ridiculous. So they go in and they take up to 70 percent or 75 percent of the lands west of the Mississippi because Mm -hmm. they say, oh, this is a natural monument. We've got the Grand Escalante monument that I've mentioned here on the show when Bill Clinton was president and he seized up these vast areas of Arizona and Nevada out in the desert, which were being used for anthracite mining. And it just so happened that the uh, after those were removed from being able to be utilized, however they are supposed to be utilized should be left up to the market. Maybe people want uh, Anwar to be forest land. The people in Alaska seem to be pretty upset that Biden just closed off two thirds of what was already going to be agreed to be oil exploration and drilling and recovery under Trump. So all these different types of things, you got the Lippo group became the uh, runner of the largest percentage of anthracite after Bill Clinton did his deals. So they can do all these things and they can set these things up, whether it's direct payoffs to people immediately or it's to attract people to steer them in these particular directions. And this is what the NAC thing has done uh, or they tried to do. do. 
Yeah, let's let's talk about why it would have been really, really dangerous to private property owners if yeah. the Securities and Exchange Commission actually went through with this. And then where things stand right now with states, uh, I think it was uh, states, treasurers, uh, yep. 20 or so that opposed it and a lot of people. So yeah. how do you want to go through that, Courtney? Okay, so uh, firstly, uh, let's just talk a little bit about the valuation. So essentially what they're going, what they were planning to do, and, and there's been a lot of books on, like Dieter Helm wrote a book on uh, valuing uh, natural capital. Um, I don't remember the exact title, but uh, that's a lot of what this is founded on. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, this goes back a very long time. Like I think the Conservation Act of 1980. I believe was kind of paving the way for some of this as well. And again, this goes back to the dialectic, right? What weren't those the Republicans that did that? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. People need to really understand. That's something I spent a lot of time drilling in is the dialectic and how it is used for primarily for political warfare um, and psychological warfare. uh, Which you know, often. And what you mean is not the two sides against each other, but presenting a false dichotomy of two sides against each other so that the observers and participants beneath will think that they're supporting something good when actually they're supporting two prongs of the same fork. You got it. it it's right. the uh, the right hand of the left hand. So yeah. right, when you're you see a magic trick and uh, the right hand, the left hand is doing all these fancy things and it looks amazing. And meanwhile, behind the scenes, it's the right hand doing the work. And that's yeah. essentially you know, what's going on. I just did a, a good example just to make it tangible for people. I just did an episode on uh, Jordan Peterson's ARC, which is Alliance for Responsible Citizenship. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, of course, it's being touted as a uh, combatant to the World Economic Forum, the, the WEF. But uh, when you start to look into it, the people who are funding it are the same. Uh, Legatum and Sir Paul Marshall are the primary financiers behind this uh, Alliance for Responsible citizenship and a direct backer of the one sorry a direct client of legatum is the world economic forum so it's uh, and a lot i mean the, their their initial name was uh, prosperity uk 2017 and so when you go back and look at the company filings and uh, one of the things they were most proud of back in 2017 2018 was their alignment with the un's 17 sustainable goals so i there i it's a long you know a longer video people can go watch it but that's an example right there they look like they're the conservative religious right and they're really under the umbrella of all these socially conservative uh, agendas and uh, ideals and yet when it comes to the fourth industrial revolution the un sustainable goals it seems like they're just aligned and they're using that as a cover in order to advance the same agenda. So that's not to say necessarily that everybody involved knows that, you know, I think people need to use a little bit of discernment. These things are complicated and nuanced, but uh, it does require understanding. I personally think that, you know, I started my podcast saying that the Republicans were behaving like controlled opposition for the left. I, I now no longer believe that. I think they were created to be controlled opposition for the left. So it's another, you know, kind of dialectic, which George Washington, one of our, our founding fathers actually warned us about. He said that, you know, we should not have a two party system because it would be a loophole for foreign entanglement. Um, and really the, it, for, 
the what I call the parasite class to uh, advance the the new world order, which is uh, what it was called at that time. You know, Wilson was one of the first people to use that term, the new world order. Right. He was one of the first presidents. Um, so anyway, uh, all that to say that, uh, yeah, so I think that, you know, this does go a long time back. But one of the things about uh, the value is uh, the valuation is that because people it's kind of I think the analogy would be kind of like derivatives, which if you're familiar, essentially, I mean, it's nonsensical. They're going to hedge bets on bets. And we know that that, yeah. And somehow that's going to make us a lot of money. Um, but uh, it's like you're not. Well, as not, long as they can create their fake valuations and keep propping them up. And, you know, it's the pretend, pretend, pretend. It's the wizard. Don't look behind the curtain. There'll exactly. be a lot of people. Yep. And in the, in the interim, they'll make a lot of money while the getting is good. They'll be the John Kerry's of the world. Well, the parasite class will make a lot of money, but what right. did that do? I mean, that was largely responsible for the crash of 2008. And yep. I think that's really what they're setting up here, or they were trying to set up here. Because the way that they would make money, the they, the proverbial they, the oligarchical parasitical class, that, that's what I call them. Um, but, you know, I think they uh, thought they would get very wealthy. They were valuing it at five quadrillion this uh, Mother Nature natural asset, and they were planning to use carbon offsets. So because traditionally, you know, like the analogy I would use is if you were to buy a piece of property and you thought it was going to be a gold mine, like literally, you thought that you could mine gold on it. It was very rich in gold. Uh, Typically, then you would put in resources, whether that be labor, whether that would be, uh, you know, supplies, time, you know, you, that's your business. So you are tending to that land and then you took the risk because potentially it's not going to work out. Now you have incurred some costs and, you know, loss of resources or that risk could yield tremendous rewards. But now what they're doing is the inverse of that. So now you cannot produce. So you could not mine on your own property. And instead it would be a carbon offset. So because it's not being used and it's being quote unquote conserved, they invest in these natural asset companies that are publicly traded and that would be a carbon offset. So that was kind of their plan. Uh, I think to get very wealthy off of this scam, which is essentially what it is, uh, a land grab scam and not only grabbing the land, but of course also commodifying it for their own, uh, you know, uh, hopes of, making a tremendous amount of money. So why is it so terrible? There's several reasons why this was a really bad idea. And, you know, I hesitate to use was because we, this is a small victory. And I, I do want to stress that just because I want people to feel empowered that we can push back and that we absolutely should. That is, I think it's incumbent upon uh, freedom-minded people to push back and to be vigilant. Uh, but I, I don't put it past them to rebrand, to pivot, to, uh, you know, push this through and, and through other vehicles and other avenues. They are masters of Fabian socialist incrementalism. You know, the, one, the, the cloak is the wolf in sheep's clothing, and that's the dialectic, right? You know, it looks yeah. good, but it's really uh, the enemy whereas their but their mascot was actually the tortoise <laughs> and right. it's the tortoise is the, the slow steady incrementalism so yeah so they um 
the, some of the things that the American Stewards of Liberty actually laid out a great, you were talking about some of the people who did some great comments. There were Marlo Oaks got together 22 other, and it may be more at this point, but 22 other state treasurers in order to push back. And that is part of why the uh, period for uh submitting comments was extended initially to tomorrow of course now has been withdrawn but i think people can still make comments so uh and i think they should just to you know hammer it in get more numbers you know up until the deadline as long as they have it up there what is, is there an easy way for people can get to get there either through your website or your your twitter feed or if you want to give out yeah, an address i have it on anything. my twitter i do have it on my twitter there's also if you go to americanstewards.us uh, they have when you go to everything you need to know um, i can also just read you the sec um, it is so sec uh, let me see sec uh, government file. Socialistic, yeah. egotistical communists. I don't know. It's uh, and then we can even talk about the origins of uh, Karl Marx's ideology and some of the forces behind that that helped pay him off sometime later on. And and by the way, your knowledge about many of the origins of these things, Courtney, is just so refreshing and exciting to hear because you have done great research and you have a, an alacrity, your fluidity in being able to express these things in a way that people can listen to it. And then later, if they want to come back, it's like it's like a, a class lecture. You know, the scholarship is there. So, for example, you're talking about Tavistock. I've been aware of Tavistock, but you go back even decades before that. And you explained the origins of the original name of Tavistock and where that started. All these different groups, all these different organizations. And what else I think is really key is you understand the primacy of individual choice and valuation. Unless that, unless the individual, and, and it's corollary, which mm-hmm. is free will, you yes. know, unless exactly. So we know that by nature, human beings are subjective and we value things differently unless we are allowed the the freedom to express our, our desires and our interests in a peaceful way. And others are allowed to do so in a sort of Immanuel Kant sort of reciprocal way. Uh, mm-hmm. The golden rule, both do unto others and do not do unto other, others as you would not want done unto you. Um, then the whole system breaks down and and they play on this with these false notions, these beards that they put on. They, and and it's I, I always try to express to people when you pare this down, it always comes to some other people trying to tell you you can't decide for yourself how to value your life and what goes on in it and how to express that to others. That is yeah. the key. That's the absolute key, because all resource allocation, even recognition of resources themselves will be suppressed unless you're free. And so it's always that basic moral economic axiom. It's that it's that nexus of ethical treatment of one's neighbor that allows for human flourishing. And they yeah. don't want that. They want control. So I, I know it's, you know, sort of a, a you know, sort of a, a, you know, like a classroom sort of thing to say, but um, it's extremely important that people always pare it down to that, to leaving their neighbor free to act in peace and uh, it's it's very important when we come to economics and valuation and all of this stuff is all tied to it. And it, uh, for generations, going back to Plato, that has been yep. what they have wanted to un, to destroy from everything from the noble lie on, mm-hmm. through, you know, and even before that, you know, Pythagorean occultism and things like that. Um, the mystery schools. Of, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely yeah. right. Absolutely right. And that, so, that yeah. was 
what the esoteric uh, knowledge was all about was withholding the information from the masses so that they could control them. Yeah. And so they would have, uh, and so they could institute their uh, trauma based mind control. So much of that starts yeah. back then. So, I mean, yeah. I would guess it goes even further, but we have record of it from then. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, in and, and thinking about two things, first, we have Plato's noble lie about the different mm-hmm. uh, the different metals that are in different people. And, and you know, mm-hmm. which I thought I always say I would tell students in philosophy class, isn't it ironic? He's talking about the 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 per, or so, so-called Socrates is talking about the the uh, the idyllic republic mm-hmm. for, for justice. Is going to be based on a lie, which is just ridiculous, and it shows you the the entire, as you say, the Ouroboros, the the, mm-hmm, the uh, circular, yeah, the circular state eating its tail, yeah. Yes, exactly, exactly. That is the that is the state. That is the rationale for the state. I, of course, I'm a libertarian anarchist voluntarist, so you know I yeah. understand that argument is spurious. It's a QED. But the other thing that gets me is um, this very idea of this noble lie is something that we see manifest today, whether it's with the jabs or it's mm-hmm. with now trying to claim that there's some value that they're just arbitrarily going to make up the cost of carbon, the carbon yep. trading system. And then they're going to lever off of that in increased false so-called valuation of these companies. So can you tell us a little bit about it to, if you can put it in into terms that uh, let's say, you know, one of the high school students, if they were listening, uh, if I were teaching high school, um, they w- would understand about the creation of these companies and where they would derive this so-called value. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's talk about that. I want to address two things you said, though. Uh, one is Plato, because I think that I think it's really interesting. I have to go back and reread Plato because I actually have a potentially and I know this is not a popular uh, viewpoint ah. at all. There's plenty more Liberty Conspiracy on Free Talk Live. I'm Gardner Goldsmith. Thank you so much for being in the audience, and please spread the word. We'll be back. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Advertising is simple. It starts with someone who has a need. Mom! And then gets more specific. Mom, I want pizza. Then we add urgency. I want pizza tonight. Before you know it, your GCN advertising message is reaching millions of listeners. Listeners who are definitely in need. We want pizza! You see, advertising on GCN is simple. Your message meets their need, and the result means new business for you. Tell us about your business. Then let our super creative department go to work to craft just the right message to feed those who have an urgent need. We want pizza tonight! GCN has the most affordable national radio advertising rates, period. And millions of people listen to GCN radio programs on over 1,000 AM and FM and XM stations and streaming audio live. 
Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just shoot us an email, advertise at GCNlive.com.